SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezo Mapepe on SAFM. The first public lecture on September 5, 2022. Mr. Rusenga Maluleg, Statistician General of South Africa. Over to you, sir. Let me greet you, Songhezo, and greet the SAFM listeners. Uh, it is a great honor for me, representing SA staff members, to bring across data uh, uh, this public lecture that focuses largely on issues of unemployment, uh, but uh, also on issues uh, that affect youth mainly. So let us start off by saying the role of State SA, the role of State SA is to make available official uh, statistics that are used for planning either 2018 is the time. Mr. Maluleges network and ours, for whatever reason, they are not communicating. Uh, I think he is back, but he had essentially has talked about the role of statistics. And this evening, he's going to be giving us a lecture on SA stats, particularly with the slant and bias towards youth interest. But he was paving the way in relation to the value of statistics in relation to the nation's planning agenda, among others. I understand he's back on the line. Mr. Malulega, please continue. Thank you indeed, Songhezo. Uh, but let me mention also that uh, uh, as we do so, we make statistics available at all times uh, to inculcate a culture of evidence-based policy formula- formulation and decision-making. But not only that, uh, our statistics have to remain independent. One, in that when we make them available to the public, we do not uh, share them with uh, uh, policymakers. Or I report to the minister and the presidency. I don't share that with the minister and the presidency first. I share them with members of the public. And once they are shared with everyone, then the minister and even the president can then uh, receive them. So that upholds our independence. Now, let us look specifically, what are the issues? We look, uh, we follow uh, people from birth to death. And everyone who finds themselves within the borders of South Africa. And uh, I know when I say this, I've always been in trouble, Songhezo, mm. for encouraging lawlessness. But I'm saying... Uh, uh, the best way to plan is when you plan for everyone who's within the borders of South Africa, irrespective of their status of being in the country. So today we are going to talk about a socio and economic profile of South Africa, the economic growth, unemployment landscape, and education and skills. How many people find themselves as of the 1st of July 2022 uh, within the borders of South Africa? We have about 60.6 million people. And in this uh, regard, I don't want us to uh, include uh, the recent undertaking of the census. This is coming out of our regular estimations of what we call mid-year estimates. The census results will come out next year around April, May. So that's when we will give the latest numbers. Having said so, we are saying that out of the 60.6 million, 17 million are children, zero to 14 years. 20.6 million are young people, youth, 15 to uh, 34 years. 
adults are 17.4 million, that is 35 to 59 years. And uh, indeed, the elderly, 60 years plus, are 5.6 million. In percentages, we could say that 0 to 34 years is more than 60%. So what we can readily say is that our country has a youthful population, whereas those 60 years and above account only for 9.2%, less than 10%, so to say. Having said so, we have seen an increase in all population groups, but largely in the uh, children, youth, uh, and, 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 and young adults. Young adults have shown the largest growth. And of course, uh, 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 perhaps not to say young adults, just to say adults in particular, 35 to 59 years. Now, out of the provinces of South Africa, Gauteng uh, accounts for about 26%, slightly more than 26%, out of the 60.6 .6 million, 16.1 million people are in Gauteng, and uh, about 11.5 um, million are in KwaZulu-Natal, 7.2 million in the Western Cape. So the three provinces, Gauteng, uh, KwaZulu-Natal, and the Western Cape, account for about 57% of our population. So about 60% of our population is uh, found in these three provinces. When you bring in the Eastern Cape, which is the fourth most populous province, you have about 70%, uh, 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 closer to 70% of our population in these four provinces. The Northern Cape has the largest land mass, but has the smallest population. It is about 1.3 million. Now, let us talk about issues of poverty. We are saying the National Development Plan advises us or directs us to deal with matters of poverty from the lower bound poverty line. So we have three lines. We have the food poverty line that talks to what people must earn to be able to afford food. So in South Africa, as of the year 2022, we are saying that any person who cannot have 663 rands per month. So in every household, uh, every person in that household should be having a, a, min, a, a, a maximum, uh, I mean, a minimum, my apologies, of 663 rands. So if you have 663 uh, rands per month uh, or more, we know that you will be able to afford the food. But if you are less than that, then we say you are food poor. Uh, if you have about 945 rands, we are saying that you are what we call poor. So we track the lower bound poverty line. So anybody per month who earns or who has an income uh, of about 945 uh, rands per month can stay out of poverty. And these lines have been moving over time. How many people in South Africa in terms of percentage are poor? About 40% in terms of the lower bound poverty line are poor. About 25% are what we call food poor. So about uh, uh, 15 million of our people in South Africa happen to be vulnerable. They could be at any given moment be vulnerable to, to, to hunger. Uh, however, 
when we look at poverty as in terms of the lower bound poverty line, we are talking of about 40% of our population is poor. The grants have been assisting a lot. We have seen a number of people, both at a household level, as well as at personal level, accessing grants. As they access grants, we have seen vulnerability to hunger at a person level as well as at household level declining. So these grants are helping a lot. And uh, of course, there will be an issue uh, uh, whether grants can be sustainable or not. It's something else. But let us look at the main sources of income. About 52.4% of our people in South Africa have salaries as the main sources of income. The rural provinces largely of KwaZulu-Natal, Free State, Northwest Mpumalanga, Limpopo, and the Eastern Cape are lower than the national average where salaries are the main source of income. To be specific, the Eastern Cape and Limpopo, particularly the Eastern Cape, uh, relies on 42% of grants. When you bring grants and remittances, you come to about 45%. Reliance on salaries is about 37.3%. So generally, we can say that rural provinces rely more on grants and remittances. Remittances is the money that we send uh, from uh, urban centers as well as those that are outside the country, sending to our relatives in rural centers. However, we must understand that whatever we send is just going there to uh, 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 do a transaction and it's out. For example, many of us send money to our parents, our relatives. It arrives there in Lusikisiki, in Malamulele, in uh, any part of the country. Uh, they take it the following day, they withdraw it, they go to an urban center, they buy uh, whatever they need, they deposit it, uh, the shop deposits it back to uh, the central account of the business in Johannesburg. So the following day it's back to Johannesburg. So it leaves uh, Gauteng or, West, or Cape Town for purposes of a transaction and it's out. Now, having said so, our economy is growing. Uh, in the last two quarters, we have seen growth of our economy. In the last quarter of 2021, it grew at 1.4% and it grew at 1.9%. I must say that these percentages that I'm talking about are going to change tomorrow because we are going to release new uh, uh, figures. Uh, I can't say either way they will grow. Uh, I have to keep that confidentiality <laughs> until I release them, even to you, my friend. My Songa. goodness, we missed it by a day. Go on, brother. <laughs> Having said so, our economy, the structure of our economy is such that finance and real estate are lead, is, is leading. It's the largest, it has the largest chunk. It has it has a share of 24% of our nominal GDP. It's followed by personal services at 17%, where we include issues of education and health, followed by trade, uh, uh, catering, and, and, and accommodation at 13%, followed by manufacturing. Manufacturing was our number one industry in 1994. It is now our number four. If you look at those uh, industries that were there in the Eastern Cape, if you go to Aitenhage, if you go to Jamestown, all those industries, some of them are standing empty as we talk. 
Now, when we say our economy grew in the last quarter of 2021, as well as in the first quarter of 2022, it actually returned to pre-COVID levels. In real terms, for uh, the first quarter of 2022, our economy was sitting at 1.153 trillion, which was at the same level where it was uh, at it, its height in the fourth quarter of 2018. And during the, the COVID-19, the highest levels of uh, COVID-19 lockdown, it had actually uh, declined to below a trillion per, per quarter. In the second quarter of 2020, it had come to about 952 uh, billion. That was less than a trillion. Having said so, I will come to issues of employment later following the economy. But I must say that the bulk of our learners in terms of education, because education plays a critical role in terms of uh, 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 people being able to find employment. The bulk of our learners are in primary and secondary school, lesser in tertiary, that is in FET as well as in tertiary institutions. I must admit there are learners who have gone uh, far better, um, far longer than their age into primary. But let us look, what are the reasons that make learners not to be, uh, people who are of learning age not to be at school? Uh, we interview uh, young people aged seven to 18, anyone less than 15 years, someone has to answer on their behalf. Uh, one of the uh, issues that is uh, uh, would be worrying to society is that 1% of males are saying that they are not at school because of family commitment. About 13% of uh, girls are saying they are not at school because of family commitment. When there's an uncle and aunt who's sick or somebody, they usually take a girl child to go and look after family members who are sick. Particularly, uh, some of these girl children are looking after children of their own. So in the year 2020, five children aged 11 years went to register children of their own with home affairs. Aged 11 years. <laughs> five children aged 11 years went to register children of their own. That is their, as they went as mothers to register, register children of their own with home affairs. This is recorded live births. 58 children aged, uh, girls aged 12 years went to register their own children. Uh, uh, about, uh, uh, to be exact, 436 children aged uh, 13 years went to register their own children with home affairs. They went there as mothers. And about 17.3 million of uh, uh, children, 17 years or, long, uh, or, or, or lower or younger, went to register their children with home affairs. And I'm talking about those who went to register their children. They are those who didn't go to register their children. Having said so, only two provinces have an advantage on post-school education. The others are doing less. Most of the people in those provinces uh, uh, do, uh, do not go as high, higher than metric. Uh, only Gauteng and the Western Cape go higher than the national average. The others are lower than the national average. 
Let us talk about employment. I know we don't have much time. I will try and, and move faster in the next seven minutes so we can conclude. When COVID hit us, we had about 16 uh, million employed, slightly above 16 million. COVID knocked us backwards by 2 million jobs. We lost 2 million jobs to about 14 million. We have now recovered. We are recovering jobs. We are sitting at 15.6 million people employed. Out of those 15.6 uh, 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 million people employed, uh, we are saying that uh, we have seen a benefit coming out of the, uh, the, the uh, second quarter of 2022, where we benefited by more than a half a million jobs, 648,000 jobs to be exact. However, we still have about 8 million people who are not employed. These are people who are actively looking for employment, and they represent our unemployment rate at 33.9%. When we take the 8 million people who are not employed, together with the 3.6 million people who are discouraged work seekers and another 700,000 who said they would actually take up employment had it been available. We come to about 12.3 million people who are not employed, representing an unemployment rate of 45.5, 44.1%. Having said so, let us come specifically to young people uh, as long as mm. we have about uh, uh, 10.3 million young people who are part of the labor force. When we say part of the labor force, they are either employed or unemployed. Out of those, 4.8 million are not employed, meaning that young people aged 15 to 34 years account for 59.7% of the unemployed. Remember, we already spoke about the fact that young people in South Africa are highest in number. Zero to 14 years go to about 60%. And no, zero to uh, 34 years, my apologies, account for about 60% of our population. Mm. And out as uh, 62.7 uh, to be exact. Out of that, we are talking about 57 point, uh, I mean, 59.7% of those uh, account for the unemployed. That is 4.8 million young people are not uh, uh, employed. Having said so, what are the unemployment rates? Those aged 15 to 24 years, their unemployment rate is 61.4%. Those aged uh, at 25 to 34 years, their unemployment rate is 41.2%, the highest in the country. So young people are vulnerable to labor markets. Actually, the unemployment rate of young people happens to have been the highest over a period of time. So when we look at the lines that show unemployment over time, we can see that those aged 15 to 24 years tend to be uh, experiencing a lot more unemployment than any other age group. Uh, then, uh, they are followed by those aged 25 to 34 years. Having said so, uh, I want us to contextualize this issue of youth, young people. In South Africa, because of youth formations coming out of political parties, we go up to 34 years, Songhezo. Uh, I'll leave it to you to comment as whether people of 34 <laughs> years are young people or uh, uh, in, in other countries, they are already uh, running countries. But I'll leave it to you, Songhezo. Having said so, 
I want us to talk about youth as in 15 to 24, because those ones, we expect them that if they are not at school, they should be working. Uh, young people 15 to 24 years are 10.2 million in our country, regardless of where they are. Out of those, 3.7 million are not in employment, education, or training. So they wake up every morning and sit. They do nothing. Uh, that is why we are having a lot more challenges in relation to uh, 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 teenage pregnancy rate and the like. When we talk about unemployment, Black Africans in general experience unemployment the most. So, uh, uh, because they are higher than the national average. But when we come to young people, the unemployment rate for young people aged 15 to 34 years is sitting at 46.5%, but Black Africans have the highest unemployment rate. Having said so, when you are a Black African and you are female, uh, you are much more vulnerable to labor markets because young people as well as Africans, particularly Black Africans, are much more vulnerable to labor markets. Let us look at graduates, and I want us to talk about graduates uh, in that age called 15 to 34 years. Uh, only those with uh, metric or less are higher than the national average. Graduates and those with other tertiary happen to be lower than the national average. Actually, graduates unemployment for young people aged 15 to four, uh, 34 years is sitting at 18.3%. Having said so, let us look at issues of transition. And these are, these are my concluding remarks, Songezo. Mm. How do you transit from being unemployed to uh, uh, from being inactive to be unemployed or to be employed? We are saying that when you are unemployed, that is when you are actively looking for employment, you stand a better chance of being employed because you are actively looking for employment rather than when you are discouraged and seated at home. And for young people, the biggest problem is experience. Those without experience, Songhezo, find it hard to get employment. So on that note, let me conclude my lecture and say young people, particularly Black Africans, find it hard in the labor market. They are much more vulnerable. Uh, I conclude my lecture on that note. What a fantastic way to start this initiative. That was hashtag the public lecture delivered by the statistician general Ndate Risenga Malulega. I propose we take a short ad break and then we tease out the issues within the numbers. Certainly, please do participate. 86 2032 Drop us a WhatsApp voice note. 0614-104-107. Ideally under a minute, please. Alternatively, send us a text message to the same number. I promise you everything that comes through and meets muster, certainly the voice notes, I will try and get them through with the hope that we can better understand, first of all, the implication of these statistics and then perhaps beyond the statistic itself what it means for you at home and i'm especially encouraging young people and their parents for that matter to participate in this conversation we have until the top of the other we have until the top of the hour so we have a bit of let to engage this Dr. thank you so much after the break it's you me and the listeners the viewpoint 8 to 10 p.m flipping conventional wisdom on its head 
songezo mapepe on SFM. Um, I would really like your statistician's opinion on this. Um, my my view is it stimulus checks, government grants. That's going to be the future of this world because we have an economic system of capitalism that are failing over and over. I mean, in 2008, capitalism basically came to an end. But we are still hanging on to a system that doesn't create jobs, a system that is looking to employ as little as possible people in order to increase the revenue and profits. It is a failure. Stimulus checks, government grants, that is our future. JK in Western Cape. Thank you. David Songezo, can you please ask the gentleman there, if you have food and you do not have 633, can you still be categorized under food poor? Or perhaps if you are having 633, but you don't spend it on food, how do we classify you? Is it food poor or food richer? Thanks, Mashishin Wamtlang. Second, well, first message that I'm going to read out loud. Hello, whose responsibility is it to provide job opportunities and quality jobs? That's Daniel in Durban. We have another message that has come through and it hasn't been screened, so I'm going to hope that this one can actually go to air. No, it, it isn't, nor is it even relevant. Datemaluleke, just those three contributions, what are your thoughts in responding to that? For those who have joined us in between the address that was Statistician General Ndade Risenga Malulega, the Statistician General of the Republic of South Africa, has just given us the latest figures. Of course, he had to rush through that, and he did so without the benefit, typically, as he would, of a presentation that you can actually look at and engage the figures over which he would have spoken to. But certainly the content hasn't changed. Now it's a question of unpacking what he had said and more importantly, the implications. So to the extent that you want to engage South Africa's statistics, particularly as they pertain to young people, youth, 15 or 15 to 34, this is as good an opportunity. 2044, time is running out fast. And Malulega, your response, please. Songezo, let me start with a gentleman in Cape Town. He is asking... He said it was more like a comment that it looks like uh, the welfare and the grants are the way to the future. And you had remarked as I, to their sustainability when you mentioned grants and the jury is out of whether or not grants in South Africa are sustainable. Perhaps you might tie that comment you had made to this comment that Jaka has made. Certainly. Uh, the first thing is, imagine there were no grants when in the rural provinces, in the Eastern Cape, for example, grants account for about 42.3 mm. of household income main household income far higher than salaries and by the way provinces like the eastern cape so are other rural provinces have higher unemployment rate in general than uh, the the national average so what is happening is that grants are actually intervening in keeping our people out of hunger Having said so, whether they will remain forever or not, it's a policy position that goes beyond my mandate. Now, the second question is, whose responsibility is it to create employment? Uh, the responsibility uh, is a compact that sits between government and the private sector. 
I must say that uh, the majority of our people in South Africa are in the private sector. And as such, uh, and you will know all over the world, governments don't create as much employment. Uh, it does happen that a uh, few people work in government, but in the majority, in the main, uh, people uh, are taken uh, by the private sector for purposes of employment. Having said so, I want to come to the uh, third point that spoke about what happens if you don't have 633 rands, that is per person in any household, you are classified as food poor. If you have that money and you choose to buy something else, mm. uh, it's a choice you make, but at least you have gotten that. It means your food uh, needs uh, have been met. And on that basis, it means that you have made a choice on your own to go and buy something else, but you have that income. So if you have less than that, you are food poor. Thanks. Let's take a couple of calls. 2047, the statistician general, he's loving this. I'm looking at his facial expressions and he's loving the idea that he's on SAFM and actually engaging. And I think this is a brilliant, brilliant opportunity really to to ensure that the state institutions are available and accessible to the people. So certainly we, we cannot underestimate, we cannot understate our appreciation to you, Ndati Maluleka, for actually obliging us as you have, because I think this is the value of exactly why we're, what, what we are trying to do. We're going to Bizana and then Hermanus, respectively, Shoes, and then Dr. G. They're going to ask the questions, after which we're going to take an ad break, which will op- which will give Ndadimaluleg an opportunity just to engage what they would have said, and he will reply after the break. Shoes first. For, uh, the problem of teenage pregnancy, how to control introduction of compulsory sporting activities to our teenagers, so that they can, something that, can, that, that they can be proud of, because they have a lot of energy, they have nothing to do instead the only thing that they are left is, is to engage into sex. Please, compass are sporting and the lifestyle coaches. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Short to the point shoes. Dr. G and Hermanus. Good evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, my contribution is um, this is quite a very engaging uh, radio station that we have. We, we interact, we get all the sex and I think the best way is when all these facts are laid in front of us, we should find a way on how to face reality than to do blame game. Mm. The education of South Africa, the education of my country, is not the right education. A lot of students, they drop out in grade 8, grade 9, which renders them unemployable. When they go out to the real world, they can't be employed. I was reading uh, about how the education of Zimbabwe is done, a good example. If a child drops out, if the teacher identifies the problems facing the children, they are then put into vocational training centers, which they call technical colleges in Zimbabwe. They start doing carpentry, they do diesel mechanics, they do plumbing, they do any, any of any handwork, because they identify that not every child should matriculate and go to university, and that is where they fill all these gaps that are there within the economy before you come up to a professional or qualified or an experienced. There's this intermediary, a vacant that is within mm. South Africa, which can't be filled 
with our youth because of the curriculum, because of the education. The number of teenage pregnancies happening is happening because all our schools, the black school communities, they don't have co-curricular activities. You go into the location, <laughs> it's difficult for you to find a school that has got co-curricular activities. There's no sport. The only time you find sporting is when you go to A schools. So before we blame everything, everything on other things, let's be realistic about the situation and engage the government on how are we going to deal with unemployment, starting from our curriculum that is being applied in our schools. Fantastic, fantastic point. Sisnosipo, I'm going to propose, please, that you just give us a short opportunity to take a short ad break. I don't want to cut your call because now time is running out. Dadumalelega is going nowhere. After the break, we continue with this most beautiful engagement with the SG. Please stay tuned. Songezo Mabebe on SAFM. We are back. 2052 is the time. I don't remember taking a call from Usis Nosipo, so I hope Brafini is on the mark with the clapping hands. Is he? No, he's not. Sis Nosipo, welcome to SAFM. Thank you so much for calling. Dademalulega is listening to you. Good evening. Thank you for having me. Um, yes, it is my first time calling into your show purely because of this topic. It's something I'm very passionate about mm-hmm. as a former youth, a very late youth, youth as you know, in this country. So you're older uh, than 34. That's what that means. <laughs> I am a late youth. I'm late. <laughs> so um, my my question borders around the, the, the inaccuracies in statistics. We have the UN telling us there's about um, 60 million in South Africa. I know the stats are coming out officially in the days to come. And the population registry, according to Erin Mutsuadedi, says there's around about 48 million South Africans. So I'm, I'm asking these statistics that have been uh, given to us tonight, uh, are they counting native-born South Africans or do they include uh, foreign nationals? And I ask because uh, one of the factors that that affects the youth employment is that they don't have access to entry-level jobs. And most migrants who come into South Africa easily can access those entry-level jobs. And I'm I'm wanting to find out, um, did that come through in your statistics as to those who are employed, what kind of jobs are they occupying? Are they entry-level or otherwise. Fantastic. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Let's give Ndade Malolega an opportunity to reply. 2054, after this response, we'll probably have one or two opportunities left for the many voice notes that have come through. We certainly do appreciate the engagement. Certainly. Ndade Malolega, your, your, your time. Thank you, uh, Songezo. Let me start with the late youth, uh, Nosipo. Uh, we were uh, last 48 million people uh, around the year 2000, because in 1996, the size of our population was 45 million. So there's no way we can be 48 million. Uh, we are the only agency in South Africa that has a responsibility of counting the population. 1996, there were 45 million uh, in 2001, there were f- about 51 million. And indeed, in uh, 2000, 
2011, there were 55 million. And out of that, we do what we call media estimates, which we release every year. We look at the number of people who have left the country, people who have entered the country, and look at the number of people who uh, were not born in South Africa. And, 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 and it is very critical that I say that, because when we conduct a population survey or a census, we enumerate everyone who finds themselves within the borders of South Africa, whether they are an, a, a, a native or not, they are a citizen or not. We, because it could happen that you have a neighborhood where you have people who are not from uh, South Africa, who are using water and electricity. Government has to provide for them. Let me go back to uh, brush shoes, teenage pregnancy, and shoes asks, how do we stop that? That is a policy question. It goes beyond the mandate of the statistician general. But whenever there are issues of pregnancy, I'll uh, illuminate them as a country to say we have these kind of challenges. But having said so, the fact that we have 3.7 young people aged between 15 and 24 years, not in employment, education, or training. Uh, they wake up, they sit at home. Uh, that is a, is a space that allows a lot of teenage pregnancy. But there are other policy issues that need intervention from the side of the school. There was a second question that had to deal with dropouts and a comparison that we see in Zimbabwe and other countries, and that these dropouts are unemployable. Actually, what we are experiencing in South Africa is what we call structural unemployment. Structural unemployment is when the skills set that are produced do not match the demand for employment. And Songrezo, you will agree with me mm. that every uh, week on Sunday, there are a lot of jobs that are advertised. Some of them get advertised again and again. Uh, it's simply because the skill set that we have doesn't match uh, the, the jobs that are there. Could that be as clear an indication that between basic education and whatever has to happen to prepare typically an 18-year-old into the world of work or into tertiary education, there isn't enough communication and conversation and stakeholder engagement between, I wouldn't say they're certainly not competing in stakeholders, they're complementary stakeholders, because industry is effectively saying, prepare us somebody that we can absorb, be it an 18-year-old into the market or a further three to four years of training, specialized training, institutions of higher learning, hence, and after that, we will then absorb them. In other words, what I'm simply assuming from that is there isn't enough of a collaboration so that we can have a situation whereby a job is advertised and there would be an inherent supply for that required skill. Certainly, Songhezo, there's not sufficient engagement between the captains of industry and policymakers. And that starts from the first day a child starts school. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, learners today should be like myself who went to school to be prepared to look for an employer. It's, it shouldn't be like that. It should be like uh, you go to school to create employment for yourself and employ others. And as such, when, you even, uh, when we talk about the employed, we also talk about the self-employed. 
We have one voice note that we can play. It's 2059. I'll literally take one voice note with hopefully a response in 30 seconds from Dadi Malulek. Good evening, Sungezo. Good evening, listeners of Radio SAF. Maria April, Primok in the Northern Cape. Sungezo, it's merely a question or whatever you want to call it. Seeing the state status of the old South Africa now, down and out basically, with corruption, with everyone at term it. Is the time not right that we must start rebuild the economic system, introduce a new economic system, introduce new everything to accommodate the youth? It's a question. To reboot South Africa's economic system, 30 seconds, Rusenga? Certainly, what is happening is that the population of South Africa is young. Zero to uh, 34 years goes to 62.7%. Uh, and the kind of policies and the kind of issues, employment drive that we need has to be a uh, youth centric. So indeed, uh, Ms. April from the Northern Cape is right that we need a focus on our policies in relation to young people. Thanks. That, ladies and gentlemen, very quickly was the hashtag, the public lecture with Risenga Malulek, a statistician general of South Africa. All I'm going to say to you, Mtlegazi, for that beautiful one hour, Nzihela <laughs> Time for news.